All right. Well, this isn't a quick fire, but it's uh, improv. So we're both going to say film at the same time and then vibe with it's, that. It's very improv. Yeah, we we ha- I think this is the least prepared we've ever been. Maybe I don't want to give the game away here, but like I think we always sound like we've prepared. But um, <laughs> a lot of the ones where we come in knowing the idea, it's the idea we've come up with as we've been talking pre-recording and said, yeah, go with that one. Or one of us comes up with an idea during recording, during pre-recording and then just tells the other when we're recording. Jackie, surely you want to shatter the magic like that. Surely, surely people think we're so professional, we're so good at this that we're, you know, we're untouchable. They listen to this podcast for stuff that's been rigorously market tested and they think it's going to be great because it's been... It's been thought about for ages and planned and it comes out and it's all worth it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. They must have spent their whole lives working on this. I I think people think that highly of me generally, despite everything I've said and done. So this probably won't stop that. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Well, your admission that there's there's no plan. Yeah, pretty much. Or is that that higher regard? So if if they listen... Um, to the pod, if they listen to us saying that, and they listen and think, "Wow!" So they don't even plan it. I couldn't tell. They, it's. They say they I'm, don't I'm, plan I'm, it, but it's so good anyway. If they're doing so that improv, that's a great skill. Don't be so mean to our viewers. They're not that thick. <laughs> <laughs> or are they? Right in. Um, let us know, <laughs> please, um, please. Um, all right, <laughs> let's name a film at the same time. Um, okay. Three, two, one. Donnie Darko. Westworld. What the fuck is... Oh, Westworld, the HBO show. I've never seen that. (laughs) It's it's okay. I've only watched it recently. It's in my mind. Um, okay, tell me about Donnie Darko. Have you seen Donnie Darko? No. Okay, it's film starring (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, okay, I'm just sorry. I, I, I didn't react to that because that's normally your answer. So Donnie Darko is a cool, weird little uh, film starring Jet Gyllenhaal uh, as a younger man. The plot of the film is this guy, Donnie Darko is his name, um, this kid, he sort of starts to go mad. He starts seeing things. He starts seeing this um, large humanoid rabbit that sort of appears to him and tells him to do things. Um, He starts to see this sort of line extending out of his body that um, tells him where to go or like this sort of like tells the future um, as in it just uh, like he sees it coming out of people or himself and it's where thing is going to go um, oh but the reason I thought of it as a film smashable film is because it's sort of it's cyclical in a sense so at the start of the film while he's not in the house a plane flies overhead and the um, like one of the turbines or a part of the plane falls from the sky and goes through his bedroom and would have killed him if he were there mm. but he wasn't there and everyone's really confused because they have no idea where the where the bit of the plane came from because the plane wasn't actually flying overhead and the universe sort of starts to fall apart because it turns out <laughs> the plane that that hadn't happened yet so mm. by the end of the film it happens again this time he is there and it kills him, thus ending the cycle and the film ends. It's probably a terrible description of what happens in a film that I have not seen in a while, but I like the idea of what the whole point of the film is. Someone needs to stop the inciting incident happening, therefore the entire film didn't actually happen. <laughs> this... 
I can't believe you've suggested this. <laughs> Why? Does That's it amazing. Gel? Does it gel well with Westworld? Unbelievably well. Oh, fuck. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Unplanned, ladies and gentlemen. Unplanned. <laughs> spontaneous. Spontaneous. Um, you know, it's just cyclical. It's the nature of... We can see where things are going. Um, so, <laughs> in Westworld... Um, basic idea... People have made robots which look and act exactly like humans, and they've made this massive park that is this Wild West simulator. Uh, very rich people pay to go there and live in this world for a bit where they can just shoot people, they can just rape people, do whatever they want. They can ride horses around, they can have a nice time if they want. There's um, all these robots... You, you, you that... did go for shooting and raping first... Well, so that gives me it's ma- that's because that, that's mainly what happens in the show. Um, oh dear. Um, I would I would just I, I don't think I'd go to be honest, but <laughs> I'd I'd take one of the narratives because if all the all the robots they have these personalities and and um, they they have backstories and they have quests basically. So you talk to them and naturally you'll fall into some kind of storyline where you, could, you get dragged along to do this and you do that and it's loads of fun or you that can just kind of go your own way it's, it's, yeah you'd like it you like your open world just do what you want but as the, sh- as the show goes on we start to see that these robots are actually developing <laughs> uh, sentience or they, they think they are because their personalities are pretty deep um, and they think they're, all their memories are real they think they are real um and they they have these kind of there's one char- one robot character has this sense that there's a there's a path that they must be led down oh <laughs> they have my this God. they um they always they literally always go go to the same place they have the sa- they have a journey of discovery where it's like i find find this i go here because here's where an important thing happened i'm trying to find the the person who created me who is who is the voice in my head? Um, I'm trying to find this place, and and spoilers for <laughs> season one <laughs> of Westworld. But it turns out that this has happened many times, and the time that we're seeing is just one of many. And this character, all the time, has this thing where they're like, "Oh my God, I'm a robot. This park is is not for." Is uh, not for me. It's for the humans. I don't have free will, but now I know that maybe I do have free will. And then at some point, their memory gets erased, and they start from scratch again. And it is a cyclical <laughs> loop of these robots who have have programming driving them in particular directions. They have paths, and sometimes they know it. Sometimes they don't. And it sounds almost exactly like what you described, Donnie Darko. Not gonna lie, Joe, I'm kind of losing my mind here. I feel we've just like <laughs> stumbled upon evidence of the one film theory. I think we can stop recording now. Um, I mean, honestly, um, <laughs> do you know what this makes me think about? Um, no. So let me just get the Doctor Who reference in for the day. Um, <laughs> for goodness' sake. Okay. Let's have it. That episode, one of the few of that series that I watched, Extremis, where there's this oh, bit of paper called Extremis that the Pope has, for sure, <laughs> um, where everyone who's read it has killed themselves. 
And it turns out if you read it, it proves to you that um, your life is a sim, that the world you live in is a simulation. And the way it does it is think of a number, okay? Then you turn the page and it's the number you were thinking of. Think of mm -hmm. any series of number, any length, any random number of numbers, whatever. <laughs> turn the page. Those are all the numbers you were thinking of, thus mm. proving to you that um, everything is determined. And this is us just turning, this is us going, um, all films, are, there's only one film, we can prove it. Think of two films, okay? Think of two films, you turn the page, it tells you the plot of both of the films. <laughs> um, also, this is just my description of Donnie Darko, it's probably, it's what I remember from it. There are other, there are other elements to it, but... I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. I was just not thinking of all the stuff they've heard about Westworld, that stuff sounds crazy. Didn't really know anything about this show, to be honest. You'd like you'd like it. I think you should watch it. Imagine making a robot like an AI, and like okay, does it have like is it like proper AI? Is it like self aware and intelligent and um, have free will and stuff? And it's like no, 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 it doesn't. However, I've programmed it, programmed it to <laughs> think that it does. <laughs> yeah, you're a monster. That's insane. It was, but also it's like, well, what's the difference? <laughs> it thinks it's it thinks it has free will. How do you prove you have free wo free will? <laughs> Like, if it's someone makes you with the ability to have free will, um, or someone, you know, with the ability to think that you're self-aware, they can't just say, oh, you're not, though, by the way. I, I made it so you were. Therefore, you're not. Yes, because I programmed you to believe that. 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 There's, th there's this... That's a, that's a strong thread in Westworld. There's a, a character... Um, so, sorry for all the spoilers, but this is how the show works. Um, <laughs> um, there's a character who is very aware of the situation. She's she's um, good at getting herself woken up outside of the park. So she, uh, a robot gets killed. They get taken out, and they they wake up in a lab. Um, and they, they get kind of interviewed by scientists who, about what happened, and then they have their memories wiped, and they have their bodies repaired, and then they get put back, put back in the world. This this particular robot is very good at waking herself up in in the lab and interacting as her full self, and she like persuades these people to to kind of change her programming to like make her smarter and better and quicker, and she starts. Um, recruiting other people because she wants to break out. She wants to break out properly. And she manipulates these people and they, they get over their programming, their basic programming, and they they start just kind of doing whatever they want out in the real world. And then someone comes along and shows her her programming, <laughs> which says that this was actually the plan from the start, that she was programmed to wake herself up and change her privileges and then recruit people and try and escape. And and she then they they get up the um the live programming code in front of her as she's trying to um trying to talk her way out of it and you you see the sentences that she is saying building up as she says them oh, like the cool. choices of words come scrolling up and it comes it says exactly what she's she's saying and it's oh it's nuts that's cool but also again <laughs> like I feel like for me that's not really answer any questions it's like yeah but like so. <laughs> Like, if you, if I think I have free will, I do. Like, surely has I can't think of another way to define how that works. It's like, but 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 I do though. 
<laughs> but you might so, not. No, you That's don't. the thing. I made you think you have free will. And says, so like, oh, okay, what, what do you mean? Well, um, you don't have the ability to think you don't have free will. And I'm like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't fully believe in free will in humans. Yeah, sure, I'll bite. Go on. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just the thing of, like, you know, there's this environment, there's only a certain number of decisions you can make, and I think, ultimately, all all just comes down to brain chemistry is what's really going on, and and I think I think brains tell themselves that they're thinking of, of um, you know, random, spontaneous thought, but I, I don't really think... That that's <laughs> that's happening. I think I think it's some kind of illusion, and there's just no way of knowing if we have free will. But I don't think we there's any particular reason that we do. I think we do, personally. But I suppose okay. it's more of a philo- philosophical point. This month. I'm struggling to speak today. Um, it's more of a philosophical <laughs> point, um, whether or not you believe that. Um, but the, you know, both Donnie Darko and Westworld seem to um, present <laughs> ideas that question that, because in yeah. you know, Westworld, you know, you can so you like hero characters that think they have free will. Not only do they think they have free will, they are actively fighting against the system that would say that they didn't, or would attempt to control <laughs> their will. And then they're told, by the way, we made you do that. You don't have free will. In Donnie Darko, it's sort of this whole like this idea of like um, predeterminism or something, or like, or, or at least within um, a certain small pocket of time or reality, like things have to go a certain way, and they've gone the wrong way. Um, it's like something's gone wrong. The film ends. The film begins with someone telling Donnie Darko that the world's going to end in thirty days. Um, and all that, and it turns out all that means is that's when the fuselage is going to crash through the house again and kill you, thus ending the loop, and thus everything that happened didn't happen. <laughs> so in that sense, the world ends, um, because that world ends, um, and thus it means that like any choice that he made within those thirty days or anything before then for the entirety of his life <laughs> didn't really matter because it was going to end up in this one place. So. They're a person. They're definitely a person, not a robot. Therefore, you'd at least hope they have free will, but not really. Yeah. But then, they, wait, shit, so, wait, no, wait, they're, they're not a person. They're a character. Oh, my God. <laughs> no narrative free will. Um, not really, no. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you found out you were a character? Um. Anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> it's like the end it's like that sketch in, at the very end of the last episode of Community where they're playing the do, do you know the one where it's a commercial for a board game and oh um, the community board game and yeah and the, the oh, dad yeah. picks up a card that's that's a or it's a the script of the commercial that they're in and he's like do you realize what this means there's no we have no free will we're just characters in somebody else's story Everything we've done and say we only live for this moment. Jack, put in the clip. <laughs> okay. What is it? It's a script of a fake commercial at the end of season six starring this family. This means we don't exist. We're not created by God. <laughs> 
created by a joke. We were never born and we will never actually live. Dice not included, some assembly required. I remember I kind of like annoyed my English teacher because I kept making that point when we were doing, I think we were doing Hamlet at one point. <laughs> and the whole point of Hamlet is he's trying to figure out like, he's like, he's, oh, I have to do stuff because of like the society I live in and tradition and because I'm a man and stuff. But at the same time, he has to do all these things because there's an expectation of him that he doesn't know. And the expectation is you're the main, you're the protagonist in a tragedy. So you kind of have to do, and, and in a revenge story, so you kind of have to do some things, and you do have to die. So bad luck there, pal. You just don't know that because you don't know your character in the way that we read it. <laughs> He's like, why do I have to speak in iambic pentameter? It's like, a question. Because you're, you're written by Shakespeare, don't you know? But they don't question that because that's the, the world they understand. <laughs> So, Donnie Darko and Westworld, I mean, they're the same film. I don't understand what our job has to be here. Um, we, could talk about no, breaking, not... <laughs> we could talk about breaking the cycle, like, in a Westworld sense. Like, the breaking the cycle would just be, like, killing a robot permanently. Like, <laughs> like okay, so... You, but that just they, happens every now and then. They just But does just that make... Them? In, like, okay, that's, like, a weird, like, parallel thing. Like, inverted, almost. Donnie Darko dying at the end of Donnie Darko means everything he did in the little, in like the 30-day bubble of time um, when between when he should have died to when he actually dies, didn't matter. It wasn't, like, genuine. Well, what it, what it, does it he do? What, what's the plot? I don't, under- uh, I don't really understand. The world understand. starts to fall apart. He starts to see things more and more. Um, I think he has... Um, um, he, like, does something at the school. Um, there's an investigation about it. Um, he gets put on drugs so i think you're meant to question whether or not any of this is real um he interacts with this old woman who they all think is crazy but it turns out um she's not or maybe she is she's got this book that perfectly describes everything he's going through um, uh, okay okay um he there's a halloween party during it where he sees a guy dressed as we the audience sees a guy dressed as the rabbit that keeps appearing to him um, okay and, and he has one eye missing because during one of Donnie Darko's weird moments, he stabbed a mirror where Frank, the, I think he's called Frank, the rabbit was appearing. Um, and he stabbed him in the eye. So now the real person that's meant to be based off of, somehow, <laughs> it's really confusing. Oh. Okay. What I was going to say is, if in Westworld, these characters, these robots have lives, like, they, you know, they go for a series of events, they die, they're reset, they do it again, they die. If you kill one of them permanently... After their like loop, hmm. that last loop was genuine, and all other loops before weren't, in a sense, because they were erased as if they never happened. Like Donnie Darko's thirty days, hmm. so but Donnie Darko's thirty days were the only non-genuine part of his life that are erased. But this person's one little loop, outside of their normal operating, is their only genuine time alive. Oh, I see. And then but, they die. But. But also both in Tony Darko and this magic story, they die permanently. But but for all the other robots in the park, that doesn't exist because well, they no. the, their memories get erased, and the character that died is just a different robot the next day. <laughs> it's just a different person in the same so shoes. But that's kind of the same with Donnie Darko because everyone forgets, except Donnie mm. Darko. But it doesn't matter. He's dead. 
<laughs> so uh, everyone else continues their lives as if that, that whole 30 days didn't happen. They don't experience this weird bubble of time. That, like, as in they, they, were, they lived, they, they, you know, they lived those 30 days as well. Like time continued for 30 days. They did stuff, stuff they will now never do. <laughs> because yeah, they'll the do it again. Different now. They'll, or they'll do it exactly. Or, or yeah, they'll do it again. Um, if it wasn't involving, you know, Donny. <laughs> yeah, I guess this. Yeah, I think that's, that's a weird parallel. Just the idea of like, you know, they we have these little bubbles of time with these two different characters and these two different things, and the bubble of time both makes them question their free will. Um. But both means different things for their true lives, in a sense. That Donnie Darko film sounds insane. I'm just going to watch it. You'll love it. (laughs) The imagination to think of a plane dropping its engine or whatever into someone's house, but not being there and people being confused. That just sounds nuts. Yeah, that's a a lovely setup. This idea of like, (laughs) No one knows where that came from. That's a bit of a plane. You could probably, I can't remember if they did this in the film, but you probably find out like exactly what plane that came from. There's like, you know, a flight mm. number or plane number or whatever the fuck. It's like, yeah, that plane's still got all its engines. It's fine. <laughs> it's like that Sherlock <laughs> episode where they find that guy in the boot of a car, that dead guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and he had a ticket for the plane that had been like stamped or whatever. And he had a biscuit from the plane. <laughs> yeah, he was in the back of a car after the plane had exploded. Oh yeah, that and that turned out to be yeah, fallout from this this plan that we find out about at the end of the episode to, you know, blow up planes full of dead people and blame someone else. Which sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's like that sounds like a real thing to be honest. Their reasoning and, and to to film smash again, um, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Alan Turing in The Imitation Game. <laughs> yeah, Which is what does. that thing is based off of in the episode. Is this? Because in the episode, it, I can't remember what they, they named some historical event where they said, oh, they, we found out the Germans during World War II were going to bomb a place because we'd done their, we'd um, figured out their, the Enigma Code or whatever it was called. Oh. Um, but we had to let them do it. Because if we if we stopped it, they'd know we'd crack the code and they'd get another code. And the imitation game starring Benedict Cumberbatch is a film about them cracking the code. <laughs> and after they crack it, um, one of the people <laughs> on the team find out that their brother is about the the ship their brother is on is about to be attacked and sunk because it has no backup. Not like, shit. Let's send loads of backup now. And they're like, no, we can't, because then they'd know we just cracked it. Mm. That's <laughs> that's such an interesting idea. That if if you crack a code, you there's there's also there's not a lot you can do without re- revealing that you've cracked the code and making it all pointless. Yeah, they had they had to be like really subtle about it. They had to like do little subtle things um, to deal with it, but they couldn't reveal the code because they could just change the code and it would have ruined everything. <laughs> just side note, I I I've, my brain's just fixated again on the fact that. That all the Germans ended all their messages with Heil Hitler, which made it possible to crack the code. Just brain dead stupid. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. But if that was the reason, like, surely 
I, I assume that's real. I, I assume the film didn't like randomly make it up. Yeah, I um, think that's real. But like, surely if that's if that's how easy it is, surely there are repeated phrases in letters by any power. You know, in English, oh, I'm don't, sure. don't yeah. they all start with like "dear" and end with "from"? <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think in war communication they say "dear." True, but <laughs> dear submarine commander. But again, that's thinking of you in this trying time. Uh, How are okay. you coping? Bad example. But <laughs> even in war communications, surely, like, all you'd need to know is who is in charge of an area, or um, like, yeah, something like that. Surely there'll be things or like in the, the word "strike," or you know, "must." Or if like you're just trying to find, or if you, you know, it's best. I don't, you know, I don't know about this. I'm. I'm not saying I'm smarter than anyone who cracked the Enigma code. But <laughs> that would be a new high. That would be a new grand claim from me. But um, but yeah, like that is bizarre. That is how the film like ends. Well, that is, that is how like they crack the code. It's like shit. They say "Hail Hitler" every in every single message. It's like shit. They do. Okay, well then we just need to crack that. Shit, you're right. Also, in the in the film, I find it funny that it takes them so long to figure that out as well. <laughs> like it's if that's it's real, in the it's in the last not... the last quarter of the film, I believe, is when that happens. It's when they're looking at the looking at the messages they've translated, and they're like, "Oh, they all end with Heil Hitler." It's like really, but again, I suppose they like, figure that you know, out sooner. They also needed to build the giant machine for that to be relevant, I guess. Yeah. So, like, if if they realized at the beginning. Oh, we just need to crack these letters. Yeah, but then to crack an entire communication, you need the big giant machine it takes the whole film to make. Hmm. I think. I I once Probably. I once spent a couple of days trying to trying to d- d- do Enigma code stuff at home. It was kind of fun. Of course you did. Of course you did that. <laughs> it's really interesting that every every time you press a letter, the whole whole gears inside shift. Which changed the code letter by letter. It's so, it's bonkers. I remember watching the 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 Enigma, the Enigma code, the imitation game, and there was a bit in it where I think I'm in a note of it at the time, where the the whole scene would have been really funny if it was from a shot from a different angle, um, <laughs> okay, or from a wider angle. There's the bit where they get um, they're trying to hire people, so they put an an ad out in the newspaper of people to solve a puzzle. Um, yeah, and then the people who solve it get to come in this room to solve another puzzle, and it's one of those bits where they're like, "Oh yeah, it's an actually an impossible puzzle." Um, so we're just gonna see how well they do, and then someone, as they're saying that, someone goes, "I finished," and they're like, "Oh mm. shit, that puzzle's really clever." Um, but they're clearly standing at the front of the room, like two feet away from the front row, describing how, "Yeah, this is actually impossible to do." Just after they've said, all right, you have an hour to crack the code, go. And they're like, yeah, this is impossible to do. If you shot that from a wide angle, you could probably just see all the people in the front row just going, just looking at each other like, dude, did you say we can't do this? Why are we here? I can hear you. <laughs> well, they're talking in stage whispers. Have you know? <laughs> it's actually impossible. I just, I, I just find it funny, like, that's not, like, a problem with the script, or with the acting, or with anything. It's, it's just like, oh, well, the set we have... It's just, like, the blocking, yeah. ...means, like, I'm like, okay, don't worry, we'll just film it, so, you know, there's no... You don't, it's just, like, a close-up, so you can't see that they're right in front of the people, so your brain doesn't worry about it. 
<laughs> I love the idea. They didn't like, do it in like a flashback. Like, I love it. They, like a... they montage it so it's someone you know designing a crossword puzzle and sitting there and saying, "Ah, this will be an impossible crossword puzzle." Cut back to the present day. It wasn't like impossible. I think it was just like impossible to do in an hour. Um, yeah, yeah. And then someone does it in like two seconds because they're super clever. I think it's Kira Knightley. Yeah. Or more accurately, a character she was playing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. You saying Kira Knightley can't solve really difficult crosswords? I don't think it was a crossword. It also, was. Oh, was it? It was just a crossword. Um, no, maybe it wasn't. The, maybe, the, maybe the puzzle wasn't, but it, the ad they was. recruited people who did the crossword. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of another thing. Um, my girlfriend has got me to watch Waterloo Road recently. <laughs> okay. Which, have you ever watched that show? Yeah. That show is wild. I am surprised that people I knew in primary school were watching that show. If I were their parents, I'd tell them not to do that. <laughs> a lot a lot happens. My favourite thing about that show was something my mum pointed out, because we, we all had it on while having tea or something. Um, and it's that the, the bell... The, cl- the classes only last about five seconds, and then the bell rings all the time. It's just like one brief conversation, bell rings, teachers have a really long conversation in a corridor, teacher has a conversation with a student at the front of a classroom, bell rings, oh, it's the end of geography, let's go somewhere else. All I was going to say is I was thinking of like moments where it's not a problem with the script, or, you know, in that sense, it's not really a problem with the story, but it like ruins a scene or changes the story or like confuses an audience as to what happens like what do you mean so there's a bit in uh, an episode ends with a character getting stabbed um <laughs> and you see before they get stabbed a shot of the knife that stabs them the shot of the mm. knife makes the knife look like it's about half an inch long <laughs> like it would not kill a person unless you i don't know it's like cut an artery or something but they just get like stabbed like <laughs> somewhere in the abdomen and then they die seconds later and <laughs> my girlfriend said this scene was always really frustrating because like it doesn't look like they're gonna die so why doesn't the character that's with them call an ambulance or something um but again i'm just watching it like well that's just a problem with the prop department if that one shot had been of a larger knife you wouldn't have cared <laughs> and then in the next episode you see a previously on and i swear they have changed the sh- one shot where you see the knife, <gasps> and it's a bigger knife. Really? I a, need to confirm this, but I swear that that's what, what happened, and I find that very funny. <laughs> I like think that. about it. Was there that a, a season break? It is a season break, yeah. Ah, they will have done that. Yeah, that <laughs> that's great. I need to check that now. But you know what? I'm just going to say it without checking and put it out there. And yeah. there are other, I've complained about this before, just like moments where it's like, dumb stuff happens and it ruins the film for me or the scene and it's not and like if you wrote it in the script it doesn't sound bad but the way it's done in the film makes it make no sense yeah okay, how, mu- how much of Waterloo Road have you, have you seen we're in like season three okay I can't wait I don't, can't wait for you to get to the episode where they move schools <laughs> yeah don't they like put them like ship them all to Scotland or something yeah very funny but there's a a really funny moment that happens I don't, I, don't, I want. You've probably heard of it. I just want to talk about it. Trust me, Joe. I'll let you know when I get there, and we can talk all about Waterloo Road. <laughs> we'll film Smash It or something. Well, I was say a film that comes to mind when I think about that is Dunkirk. I always think about Dunkirk and how much I don't like it. 
There's a bit where have you seen uh, Dunkirk? Yeah, we, we've had this conversation. Yeah, it's, I like the, Dunkirk. it's the bit where the kid falls over on the boat. Where oh god, the, this again. In the script, oh. I'm sure it's better, but in the film, he falls two feet and dies, and it ruins it for me. <laughs> but that that's why. Again, that's like a thing that can happen. Yeah, but the way they deliver it in the film, like it, it sort of comes out of nowhere. Because the kid falls over and it's So like, does a bit of a plane falling out of the sky into someone's bedroom. That's... I'm going to go ahead and say that's different. Although I'm not going to put into words immediately why. <laughs> I'm not sure how to. No, because I buy that. Like, a thing happens. But it's... Di- but, like, you. what I mean is you could have that kid fall over and he wouldn't be blind and die. And it's way more likely that that's the case. So when you mm. watch when you watch the scene... And he falls over and hits his head. You're like, oh, shit. you know, he pushed him over. That's mean. He's in a bad way. Then you go back a scene should have later. Pushed him overboard. Should have pushed him off the boat. That would have been more dramatic. Or you know, shot him. I don't know. No, not very much shot him. That'd be an accident, and I get that. He could have hit his head on the corner of a table or like a corner of the board. No, like, okay, I buy that. Something terrible has happened there. Um, yeah. But it was just like, and the next scene is like he's blind. I'm like, what? My reaction isn't, oh yeah, of course, because you fell over earlier. My reaction is, what? <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, he died. Don't, don't they, I, I don't think you think you're Parasite, though. Go on. Um, you know, where, um... Where that guy doesn't die. No, where, where... I think it's the wife, anyway. Um, they're trying to get out of the basement and, and like, hide... I think the 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 woman's unconscious, mm-hmm. um, and then she just pushes her back down the stairs when she's climbing up the stairs. That, that's yeah, it. but she's dude, not unconscious. Dude. And then that massive bit of sound design. Warning: We are about to play that sound a bunch of times. Yeah, but like that sound design tells you she's fucked. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's done better, but it's it's basically the same thing. She she goes blind, doesn't she? But she. Like, that happens, and you're like, she's fucked. You hear that sound. You watch her head hit the concrete after falling down the stairs. And you're like, she is fucked. And then she's barely alive, um, with probably a severe concussion, which is why she can't see, and then dies shortly afterwards. And at no point am I like, wait, why? Or (laughs) at no point am I like, she's blind? What do you mean she's blind? I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm more like, I'm surprised she's alive, but I guess that's possible for her to live a small period. I'm more surprised later in the film where that guy smashes that guy's head in with a rock. And he's fine. So he's lying on the floor bleeding. He then picks up the rock again and slams it on his head again, and he lives. Yeah. That, I find that more surprising, if I'm honest. I remember yeah, thinking, that, like, he's that alive. Th- and I'm like, that what? threw me both times I watched it. <laughs> When I watched it the second time, okay. I thought, wait a minute, I thought he survived. And then he did. Like, okay, he's alive. Oh, we have oh not God. been talking about the film for a while. But I think that's because <laughs> the, they did our job for us. It's, it's like... <laughs> wondering if Westworld was based on Donnie Darko. That would be the title of the episode. What? Just, Westworld was based on Donnie Darko. Episode 55 We discover that Westworld was based on Donnie Darko Jack has not seen Westworld 
Joe has not seen Donnie Darko, except <laughs> they both have seen both. And so. now, yeah, and now they don't need to. <laughs> Despite not seeing Donnie Darko, Joe has seen Donnie Darko, and vice versa. <laughs> Joe only thought he hadn't seen Donnie Darko. But after um, Jack describes the plot, he realises that he has, because he's seen Westworld. It is a free will problem. It is a path. There is it no is, free um, will. It is programming. Every time, you know, we or someone else sits down to write a film, they <laughs> they actually lose their free will. It's proof they don't have free will. Because <laughs> the thing they will write down is predetermined. Oh my god, we can use that argument on people. Someone writes a short film and they they, they send one of us the script to be like, Hey, how, what do you think of this? And we're like, oh, man. This script was waiting to be written. Thank you for writing it. It's now like, part part of the film. <laughs> it's like you, can, yeah. Well, it's like you can't you say like something is like derivative as like an insult. I mean, you can and should, but it's like, well, of course it is. Of course it is. You've just written another part of the film, and they're like, no, I've written all of the film. Like, no, 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 no. You've written part of the the film. Yeah, and, and Tenet is coming out this week. And that's all about, like... Oh, no! <laughs> time and predetermined shit. Isn't it? That's the whole point for the trailers. It's like, this guy is, like, on reverse time. So it means, like, he sees things that haven't happened yet, but they're going to happen. Yeah. And it that hasn't come out be... yet. I saw... It's going to come out. I it saw a review, a view that someone said that was, like, Tenet is a palindromic mess. I think I've also seen that review. <laughs> it's a pal- I think I saw one with yeah no I think it was yeah it, was, it ended with that it said like you know I think the same review said um, <laughs> Nolan needs to learn that less is more <laughs> or something like that <laughs> it's like dude alright oof Nolan needs to learn that we've had enough of time <laughs> it's a bit weird that, yeah Nolan does only have the one gimmick and we let him get away with that but a lot of I'd say that a lot of filmmakers do yeah and we love them for it Guillermo del Toro has only ever made one film, um, which, fair enough, they're great films. The film that he made. <laughs> Look at this monster, but isn't this man in a position of authority the real monster? I'm like, shit, yeah, he is. Guillermo del Toro is going to come out of a film where like the monster is the bad guy, and you're going to be really surprised. You're like, really? Yeah, monster's the bad guy. That'd be a shit. great un- untwist. I yeah, think. but it, even all it, the... it's got it's got the potential to be actually. There's two ways that could go. There could be you spe- It's a good film where it's like, oh, this is going to be another film about how humans are the real bad guys, and then the monster just goes into fucking monster mode. It's like, whoa, okay, no, it's a uh, it twisted back on itself. It's good. Or it would be one of those films where it's got a really interesting first half, and you're like, oh, I like the questions this is bringing up, and then suddenly it, it just <laughs> says like. Nah, people like monsters. We'll go back to normal. Like, uh, it's okay. a bit like Hereditary. Yeah, well, the first half is like... Have you seen Hereditary? I have, but I don't know where you're going. Go on. Well, I remember when I watched the advert and then the first half of the film, I thought, oh, this is going to be about the metaphorical demons your loved ones leave behind when they die, especially if they're an influential matriarch of the family. And then mm. everyone's, and the family starts to fall apart in their absence and they learn secrets about this person they didn't really know. Um but it turns out, no, no, actual demons, devil worship was the answer. It's like, oh, okay, fuck you. <laughs> I was going to be weird if Gamma did that. Because it's it like, would... 
Well, there's like a political leaning to what he does because it's often, you know, it's about marginalized and demonized people. Um, oh my god! Being, made, seen... being vilified, but not actually being bad. <laughs> They're different, you know. Have you seen? Have you seen Split? That was a problem with Split. I have seen Split. Oh, that film drove me nuts. Go on. Because it was like the first half, more than the first half, was interesting. It was like, hey, this is a this is a, a semi-real psychological problem that some people have. Like, if if it's just this. This guy who has a hundred split personalities, and they're all they're all conflicting and and causing this, and like they're, they're keeping this person, these people kidnapped. Then it's like, oh, this could be interesting. There might be some uh, un unexpected way out of this situation that we hadn't thought of, like involving mind tricks or or waiting for the right personalities to come along to let them out, and then getting the the, them in, institutionalized or something, but in, it turns out that one of the personalities is a fucking monster, and and the 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 man can outgrow his own physical form and become a wall crawling, flesh eating, shape shifting <laughs> creature. And I just thought, oh, fuck you, film. Fuck you for making me interested in this. <laughs> well, that is that is generally like the difficulty um, you can run into. One, when watching M Night Shyamalan films, but two, when like the villain is like a person, mm. because a lot of the time that villain has mental a mental illness, which is a thing that is real. Yeah. Um, and so it's a bit like it, it becomes very <laughs> weird and and like insensitive and cruel because like oh, oh this I person see. is just a total psycho and it's like. Yeah, some people have problems with psychosis. That's yeah. a thing. They don't that'd, be a gr- that'd be a good film. Well, that's Someone... why, like, Guillermo del Toro kind of works, because his, you know, the bad guys are, are, are people in position of power who do horrible, evil things, um, not because of anything in their nature, um, or because, you know, they are literal monsters with claws and eyeballs in their hands. Um, bad example. But, um... <laughs> Because, you know, of their ideology and because of, you know, their actual physical desires and such. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, it's... That kind of works, because you don't run into that kind of problem. But if you, you, you look at other films where, like, the bad guy's just a crazy person, I want to see a film... Yeah, I want to see a film mm. where, where the good guys are... I, I mean, there are some films like that, of course, but <laughs> I want to see more films where a good guy is... Like, literally, someone who other people would call a psycho, someone with psychosis or something fairly serious, but they're, they're not—they're not the bad guy. That'd be great. We do kind of get that. There's, you know, the, the the sort of the trope of the autistic genius. Yeah, but that's sort of thing. That's a bit of a weird problem of its own. True. Then you got. I, I was—I like... was, I was going to say though, with, with Split. Um, the the thing that that did, which I found, it it did the same thing that Arrival did, and you know Go the on. first time I saw Arrival, it annoyed about me. Cyclical time. <laughs> no, well, sorry, carry on. <laughs> well, that that film drove me nuts the first time I saw it in the same way that Split did, because the first half, again more than the first half of the film, is about. 
um, language and she interacts with these aliens and has to figure out how to actually communicate with them, which is a real interest of mine. I love linguistics. I love breaking down language into its parts and figuring out how... And that's such an interesting intellectual exercise of how do you communicate with an alien. And then, from from my perspective of this being my perfect film, <laughs> about two-thirds of the way through, it, it jumped the shark, and suddenly it was, it was like, oh, now she can see into the future. Oh, great. Just because she learnt their words... But and, I think that's and then cool. the, the second the second time I watched it, I knew that that's that's the angle I should have gone in at, and it was much better. But I think that's kind of cool because of a thing I've just realised while you spoke about it. She spends <laughs> um, like two thirds of the film um, it's arguing more than that. with people it's, yeah. that um, they keep trying to communicate in the wrong way because they're not thinking about how you communicate with someone who doesn't speak your language or your kind of language. You know, um, mm. like you can't just ask them a question. You ha- or you know, just p- or, or point at a thing and say that's what the thing is because there are so many more variables than that. You know, you have to think about the other things that that could mean. So you have to do it very slowly and carefully and simply. But then mm. you realise she has actually been doing it wrong the entire time as well, in a sense, because she hasn't taken into account the difference in, like, fully taken into account the difference in in the ways people can communicate or beings can communicate. Hmm. Um, she's doing the same thing. So even though it's a bit of a jump of the shark, it's like the same jump a lot of like the military people need to make from going, from just saying, why are you here? Get them to answer, to being like, you know, oh, they have to understand every part of that question, the context it comes into, and, and how to answer it properly. Hmm. Um, it's It's a big leap, but it's like a big leap. It's asking the um, audience to make a big leap as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's making a character do a big leap. That's she's actually trying to make everyone else do. And, like, she's actually been the people she's been arguing with the whole time compared to the aliens. Hmm. It is in- it, it is interesting. I do love the concept of it. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I know you do. I think I, I went in with a more a more realistic expectation and then it, it it threw that at me i was like oh 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 no i, I was just hoping it would be more about language <laughs> okay yeah well but it is it's just the idea of like look at this cool new language that does time differently <laughs> but the whole thing of the language is like um it's explained quite well in the short story it's based on, which, if any anyone listening to this podcast agrees with my perspective on Arrival, you should totally read the, the short story it's based on, The Story of Your Life by Ted Chang. Um, it, it kind of explains quite well that it's about how when, when the creatures draw these shapes, which are the entire sentence, the, the way they draw it, it's in 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 the in the book in the story. It's more like they're not circles; they're these complicated, overlapping shapes. Um, and it's kind of explains that the only way that they can draw them is if they know the entire sentence before they start. Um, right. So right. they they have to know the start and end of everything they're going to say, and and they can't kind of make up as they go along. So everything is just this 
interconnected web, which suggests that maybe they think about time differently. Um, or, well, and, I, I assume the whole point was one came from the other. Like, you know, they're beings that view time differently, and therefore their communication reflects that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the only way they... C- the reason they are able to do that, um, and essentially need to do that, is because that's how they work. Like, you know, you have to... View- I suppose the whole point is, you know, you have to view it as... Um, they don't view time in a special way, they do it in a different way, and you have to recognise, oh no, we view time in, in a way. That doesn't mm. mean it's the way, and therefore we would communicate in a way, not the way. Um, and these people who view time in a different way, therefore communicate in a different way. That's true. And that's what she didn't take into account, necessarily, until the end of the film. She was still had a, you know, she still had a somewhat biased mindset as to how you viewed language because of how you view time, because she didn't consider, oh, what if they view time in a way completely insane to me yeah which is a perfect, normally, perfect, perfectly normal thing not to assume <laughs> you meet well, a new alien species like shit what if they you know view time differently I mean now hopefully we'll take that into account I certainly will when it happens to me yeah me too I'll be disappointed if aliens come along and they don't they don't think about time differently I um I think this conversation is very uh, it's making me think you know we think about Good. free will one way um, but that doesn't mean it's someone else might think about free will way. a different way, and you think about free will in computers and robots one way, when actually, maybe we're more like them than we think. We have to remember that time and free will, in a sense, are interlinked. <laughs> if you view time as a series of events happening in a certain order, whereas in reality it's more of a big ball of wibbly wobbly, wibbly, 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 wibbly. <laughs> timey wibbly. <laughs> I'm just staring at my phone, Stuff. which is recording um, my speech. So as I make noises, the sort of waveform thing appears. Mm. It's 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 longer if I talk louder, and shorter <laughs> if I'm more quiet. And there's a red line in the middle of the screen, and everything that I say comes out of the left line, comes off the left side of it, and it's moving constantly towards emptiness. And I wonder if you could just flip that so I knew the sound I was about to make. Constantly, Ooh. but I didn't know what I was going to say. So you know, this... my speech met that. My speech, my volume, the length of the word or utterance that I made would match the one that's coming into the line and coming into my view before oh. I say it. Well, that's kind of what I think might be happening in talking. your brain. Yeah, that's kind maybe. of what I think. This reminds me of my, my favourite fun fact that I tell people every now and then, which is that... Let's, let's end it with your fun fact, Joe. <laughs> which is that every year, one day, unbeknownst to you, you pass your death day. That wasn't fun. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> I love telling people that. It freaks them out. This is one date every year, you know. I've I have an affinity with March because my birthday is in March. But maybe, and I've you know I've never I've never felt any particular feelings toward like <laughs> August. You know, August happens. Someone has their birthday in August. I'm like, oh yeah, August. That's that's you know other people's month. That's not my month. But maybe, 
Maybe it is. It doesn't have to be death. It could be it could be anything. Any day of your life could eventually be a day where something very important happens to you. That's true, but the, all the all the um all the potentially very important things are unknowns and non-guarantees. You know, I don't have an in- inevitable wedding day. Well, you do. I have an inevitable. If you view time differently, you do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, if you get married after the po- after the fact, you were always going to get married the moment you did. Yeah, but right now I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, well, you're viewing time as if there's a right now. What if it's the wrong? Now, hmm. Now that's fun. <laughs> is this it's is this Jack dating advice? <laughs> someone someone comes to you saying like, "Oh man, I I just you know I feel like I'm going to be alone forever." And you're like, "No no 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 no. You are married, <laughs> and it is inevitable." Yeah, or you're not, and that's also inevitable. But I don't <laughs> tell them that because I'm a good supportive friend slash marriage counselor or life coach. Or whatever it is I am. Is that what you are? Well, I might be, and then I always was. I was always going to be. Wow. <laughs> I love that sentence construction. <laughs> I love how, like, we were going to do a film smash. We then realised <laughs> it was already that done. The random ones we chose. Oh my god, Jack! Film. Jack, if you view time, if you view time the right way, the films were always smashed. So we didn't need to do it. That's why there's only one film. They've already been smashed together. We just didn't know. Except what we did. Wow. Oh, we figured out how that works then. Thank you for listening to Film Smash. We hope you do enjoy Thank the show. Enjoy. That's why we thank you at the end, because at this point, you've already listened. Yeah, or you're just about to listen to it. <laughs> you know, Jack, right now, they haven't listened. Right now, as we're saying this, you haven't listened. <laughs> listen to this. But when at you're listening to this, speed, you have. to it backwards. Right now, no one's listened, but, but right now, they have. <laughs> Right now you haven't listened, but now <laughs> you have. Oh, what is this show? Circles, it's a very, very mad world. Children waiting for the day. What's my lesson? Look right through.